Assalamu alaikum. You're listening to Tech Sisters Stories. Tech Sisters is a community that supports Muslim women in tech through storytelling and sisterhood. My name is Grace, and I get to interview the amazing women in our community, share their stories and the lessons they learned. Today, we'll be continuing with our super amazing guest from Black and Data, mashallah, and we'll be talking to one of the co-founders, Sadiqa Musa. It's a really wonderful episode, mashallah. She's a great speaker, and I know you're really going to enjoy it. Today on Tech Sister Stories, we are super excited to have Sadaka Musa. Sadaka is a co-founder of Black and Data, a rapidly growing network of people in color in data with an end goal of shifting diversity and the data industry in order that people of color may feel confident, visible, and heard. She's also a lead analyst for The Guardian News and Media, where she's an advocate for increased representation of ethnic diversity within data. And Sadaka was recently recognized as best motivator by women's leaders in data and AI, and one of the top 100 innovators in data and analytics by Crinian Global Intelligence. Mashallah, it's really impressive. Thank you so much for coming on, Sadaka. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much for having me. And all of that sounds super impressive. Oh my goodness, is that really me? <laughs> <laughs> Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Mashallah. Where does your story begin? How did you first get into tech? I didn't go into tech naturally. I think yeah. tech found me. Going into the university, I knew, I thought I knew exactly what I wanted to do. So I went directly to study petroleum geophysics. I did my master's again in geophysics. And straight away after graduation, got a job in the oil and gas industry analyzing seismic data so mm-hmm. all was going well alhamdulillah I'm like yes this is what I want to do and then as I progressed it just it wasn't for me I was working very long hours unable to see my children and I don't know what happened but it was just like a time for me to just reflect on where my life is going what I'd like to achieve and what really is my purpose in life what do I want my legacy to be and it just dawned on me that that space that I was in at that time just wasn't the right thing for me. So I had a complete pivot. So I dropped everything that I worked for <laughs> for 10 good years. I spent Mashallah. so much money. It's an investment. <laughs> huge, huge. I dropped yeah. all of that. And then um, we trained completely into data where I learned how to code in Python, SQL, then a bit of data biz. Um, and I guess that's how I came into data. Mashallah, you mentioned that you reevaluated and thought about what you wanted your legacy to be. What what is that? What do you want to leave behind? I think it's really important to leave the world in a better place than you have found it. Mm -hmm. So what can my contribution be towards society, towards my community that um, has a deep and meaningful impact in those spaces? That is ultimately what I'd love for people to say when I'm, you know, dead and gone. Like, okay, Sadiqa did something so positive in X and Y space. For me, that's achievement rather than, you know, how much money I have in my bank account or how many degrees I have or how many awards <laughs> I've got to my name. It's really about giving positive impact. Yeah, mashallah. And you're definitely doing that with Black and Data. It's very clear that's a passion project. Thank you. That's really important to hear. (laughs) (laughs) As well as being an awesome data analyst. Of course. Of course. Of (laughs) course. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's one of um, the best things about being clear on your vision and what you want to have as your legacy, what you value, is you can do that in your day-to-day job and you can enhance that with your hobbies and your side projects. 
instead of sacrificing one for the other, when you have that really clear outlook, it's easy to, or it's easier to find ways of bringing that into your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've been so fortunate, fortunate in this journey to have met so many wonderful and inspiring people that just want to see us win. Mm. They are so devoted and they share our values that it's just been so welcoming in starting this journey. Mashallah. Oh, that's really exciting. I'm wondering, as somebody who, you know, you said you've been in, in the petroleum industry for 10 years and now you've made that career change, what sort of challenges did you go through in retraining and then maybe entering the job market with that different pivot? I guess the biggest hurdle was more of an internal one for me. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, as I said earlier on, I thought I knew precisely what I wanted my life or career path to look like. And to wake up one morning and realize that where you're heading isn't actually where you want to be or what's giving you the best out of your life. Mm -hmm. It's a very scary feeling. Where do you even start? How do you redefine yourself? People have known you for so many years and they're comfortable. It was kind of scary for my family as well, because at that time when I was making that pivot, I wasn't sure of what I wanted to do. So coming from a high-performing family that are super high achievers. <laughs> Sadiqa's gone crazy. Yeah. It's like, okay, what should we do about this now? <laughs> Having that support unit is so important. Yeah. Having people in your corner that can see, yes, you are a high achiever, but it's just you are trying to rediscover yourself and allowing you that space to, to do that is so important. So I, I'm a very lucky girl. Yeah, um, mashallah. It's funny, like all, almost everyone who we've interviewed who is married or, or who has that sort of support, uh, that's always what they say as the thing that they're most grateful for because it makes a huge difference, doesn't it? When absolutely, absolutely. I mean, can you imagine if I was told, no, you cannot do this, you have to keep going mm -hmm. in an industry where you're not happy so we can keep a roof over our head or exactly. food on the table, but to actually have people that will say, okay, no problem, maybe we what do can you need? What, what do you need, right? How can I support you to achieve this goal that you have? So alhamdulillah, making sure that you have a good support unit in life, it's, it's crucial. Yeah, 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 definitely. Mashallah. And I liked how you said it. it was such a scary moment for you, because I feel like when people talk about their, you know, the big realizations, we don't really hear how scary it is and how it brings into question our identity, how we see ourselves, how other people see us. And I think a lot of people might feel the twinges of that realization, but will ignore it because of the implications Absolutely. Absolutely. It does take a lot of courage to say mm -hmm. everything that I have worked for for 10 years, I am completely dropping that and moving into the unknown. But investing in yourself and believing in yourself is the best reward that you can give to yourself, right? Believing Absolutely. that. Yeah, really, truly believing in your own goal and your own purpose. And once you've defined that, I mean, the opportunities are endless. Yeah, yeah. Because really, when you're not in alignment with that, anything that has kind of coming into your life is going to have some sort of friction, right? It's not going to be aligned to you. You're always going to be a little bit out of sync with what's happening. And then when when you really accept what you want, who you are, what your goals are going to be, and you really accept that inside, 
then everything starts to click, subhanAllah. Allah sends you so many opportunities. And then for the first time, you're recognizing them because they were always coming, but you couldn't see it before. But, you know, I have to say one thing yeah. that I loved working in the oil and gas sector sure. was how comfortable they were with my faith. Oh, because, that's very interesting. Because it's an industry that deals with yes. people of Middle Eastern origin. They know about prayer times. You, you need to go and pray. Ramadan, they were very respectful of my need to take a specific time to be home, to prepare for iftar, to be with my family, to celebrate Eid. All of these things were just, it was a natural everyday thing that was very, very normal. So me leaving that space and then moving into data, I find that's where I'm I'm currently struggling. So mm. on top of having to deal with my ethnic identity, I think with the religious element of it, data is a little bit behind in terms of their knowledge of okay. Islam in particular and what we need as practicing Muslims. So I, on top of having to discuss how can we improve the working spaces for ethnic minorities, also engaging in discussions around my faith. I didn't use to, and because I guess I was in a comfortable position before where all of this groundwork has already been done. Moving into organizations where it's quite new to them, I didn't quite know how to start those discussion did, did you feel like as the representative the burden was on you to do the educating on top of your normal work oh that's my life <laughs> <laughs> that is my life oh my goodness you don't really how how I get sucked into all of this <laughs> and and that's why we both lead these niche groups this is <laughs> I wake up like my father, like, how did you get involved in that again? I, I, I have no <laughs> idea how I got involved in it, but I know that I need to be. For me, I, I've touched on prayer, having a, just a single designated space. You can call it whatever you want a reflection room, a relaxation mm -hmm. room, but a, a space where I can go and observe my prayer that isn't going to take out anything in you know my work day-to-day -day work is just a five minute for me right. to practice what I believe in will make a huge difference as to whether I stay or leave your company unfortunately I've had to just have these conversations time and time again because I guess maybe in a lot of spaces I might be the first so yes. it will always be on me to say have you thought about this and I feel like especially in data that's quite interesting because as a field a lot of the decisions that are going to be impacting Muslims are going to be data-driven decisions. And it's very easy for bias to be introduced into data. So if the people who are collecting and researching are not educated on Muslims, what Muslims need, that's going to affect us as a community. Well, absolutely. And that, that's why we, we bang on this drum about having to diversify your workforce. Mm -hmm. We really do need organizations to understand that it is going to be benefiting their bottom lines. It is going to be infect, uh, affecting revenue, right? If you are creating algorithms that are in tune, are aligned to society, it's going to be beneficial for all. You're probably going to sell more. It's going to resonate with more people. It's going to increase your brand affinity. So why would you sacrifice all of that because of unconscious bias? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so far, when you take it down to the bottom line level, it feels so obvious. But at the same time, for those people, the firsts, 
do you feel tired having to advocate or always feeling the need to, to do that? I I do feel extremely tired. Exhausted, I think is the word. Yeah. But what I will say is self-care is super important. Mm. Knowing yourself and knowing when you have reached your limit and know that it is not on you to solve all of the problems. It really isn't. Yep. Be strong enough to, reala- to, to recognize the change that you can affect and the change that is just a battle that you know you're going to win. That's it. Practice, practice self-care. That's that's my main thing, right? So I take on what I know I can handle. Anything else beyond that is way beyond my pay grade. Okay, that, that's that's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, that is so true, though. <laughs> and I think personal networks, like having groups like Tech Sisters and Black and Data, is really important for that. So you can have that safe space for you. And if it's something is is a bigger project, you can share it with other people in your network who are going to understand. Absolutely. And I think some organizations are quite cheeky because they mm-hmm. want you to do the work for them that they are not paying you for. Yeah. So if you have wider structural organizational issues, you should definitely go and invest in professionals that can come in and help you resolve the problems that you're having. Get goating your you know, black and brown people <laughs> or putting them at the forefront of your decision making because they happen to be from that community not a good idea they're not professionals in that field yeah they're just they're trying to get their job done (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's really funny that we're talking about this because the episode that just came out today was about steps on how to reduce harm as being the different person in the workplace just being different already makes you feel exhausted because it's tiring being the person who's different from the norm in the workplace so yeah. you're already in a you know, work situation where you have tight deadlines, you know, difficult work, maybe difficult people that you're working with, the microaggressions, the yeah. imposter syndrome that we all feel. And then yeah. on top of that, <laughs> we suddenly we have to figure out the whole company's diversity and inclusion framework. Yeah. And then you're the voice of everybody in yeah. your community, right? <laughs> no sweat. Yeah. Different. So I, definitely what, what I say is definitely practice self-care. Be present and if you feel you are up to it and you are capable and you feel you have the knowledge to participate in these discussions, definitely do it. Otherwise, just be strong enough to say um, a hard no for me. Just step back. That's it. Yeah, only say yes if you feel really passionate about it. If it's something that's really in your heart and it's making you feel like expansive inside. And if it doesn't, you know, they're not going to (laughs) care. You're only hurting yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's very important to know that. Yeah, this is great. Now, another thing that you mentioned at the beginning of the call was the balance in your family and your personal life. You're having a hard time getting that before. Do you feel like you have more of a balance now in data? Oh, absolutely. I think this is one of the things that I always tell all the moms around me, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we suffer from mom guilt. How How can we be the best professionals that we are and also be the best mom that cooks, that cleans, that irons, all of these things that we think makes the perfect person, we put all those pressures on ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? And I just came to a point in my life where I have accepted that an area will have to give. So whether it's me reducing my hours to work three days a week to maybe focus more on 
the kids when they were younger, which is what I did. I worked part time mm-hmm. when the babies were, were so small and because I wanted to invest that time in giving the formative years to be present. Mm-hmm. As they are a little bit older, I'm now alhamdulillah working for the time because they probably don't want to hang out with me anymore. I'm not very cool. Oh, <laughs> so, I think you'd be cool. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. Um, so in terms of finding balance, data industry has been fantastic. It's been instrumental in terms of me being able to, to create my own schedule. I can um, start flexible working hours. Super, super useful. This is my life situation. These are the hours that work for me and my family. Is that something you are happy with? Right. This is a conversation at the very beginning. Everybody should have this at an interview stage. Don't forget when you're interviewing for a role, it isn't just for the interview for the companies to interview you. It's for also you as an individual to interview them. Exactly. To figure out if this is the right environment for me, my family, and my faith. Mm-hmm. How are they going to accept this from me? It's an interview or neutral relationship or contract that you're going to go into. So remembering that and establishing that at the very beginning and sets those boundaries up rather than keeping quiet and then starting into a role and then you start making demands of, oh, by the way, I need to leave by right. 4.30 so I can go home and do homework and all of these things. So being very open and truthful to yourself and to your new employers, is, I think so far has been working really, really well for me. Data space, they're very welcoming towards flexibility. Mm-hmm. especially when you're working with organizations that have offices all over the world. Mm-hmm. So if you want to work later, you might then um, have stakeholders that are in the U.S., for example. Mm-hmm. So it does open you up to that flexibility that traditional roles may not allow you. have seen organizations that have fantastic policies towards family life. They welcome children, mm-hmm. dogs. I mean, a lot of places have like a workplace dogs. dog. Yep. Yeah, workplace <laughs> dog. So what is whatever is important to you, you know, communicate that. Yeah, that's some people's thing. children. Yeah. It is. <laughs> more power to them. Yeah. It's true. No, but Ahamdla, I'm I'm right there with you. That was one of the reasons why I got into tech was to have that flexible home life. And I like to tell this story because it is quite funny and it's very in character with my son. So when I was interviewed for my first remote job it was a remote interview my son was three I made it very clear to them to not bother me I'm going to have an important call put on a movie and everything and then we didn't we don't have locks in the door so when I went to the bedroom I sat next to the door to block it with my body to make sure he wasn't going to come in wow (laughs) you can probably guess how this is going to go in the middle of the interview he starts banging on the door mommy please let me in I'm so hungry Oh my goodness. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, he eventually breaks in and he's, you know, looking at the camera in such an angle that they can see right up his nose. And I'm so <laughs> mortified. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm so, so embarrassed. But, uh, I got that job <laughs> because, and I, you know, and I said, we were laughing about it. It's like, this is the kind of work life that I'll have <laughs> that I'll be balancing. But Hamda, like a lot of companies are cool with it now. He's he's a little bit infamous at my company for being very, very cheeky. <laughs> so. oh my goodness. I love it. <laughs> I I think that's perfect. And that's how you know this is the right environment. Exactly. So at this stage of the interview, I usually pivot and I ask everybody the same three questions. It's always very 
Beautiful answers, mashallah. Uh, so the first part is what's something that you did that you're most proud of? Why is it so special? I think this is an obvious one for me, right? We spent the last half hour talking about it. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely will say to you the thing I'm most proud of right now, you know, aside from all the children, all the things that, you yeah, know. All, all the obvious stuff. Yeah. All the obvious stuff. <laughs> it's definitely creating data. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we first started this, I, I spoke with um, our co-founder, Davina, and we were like, oh, it would be so great if we could have at least 20 people that would like to join this movement, right? Yeah. At the moment, within our database, we already have over 8,000 people of colour that, that are fantastic community. And when we think about success, for me, it's not really about how many partners that we've created or the industry leaders that we managed to keep to heart. It's about those people that we have made a difference to. So those people that perhaps previously were having anxieties or palpitations about going into the working space because they are the only one there because of the microaggressions that they may be facing. Having us there to support them along that journey is so special. That's what we are so, so super proud of to have real time we can see the impact that we're having on the day-to-day lives of people around us and um that makes me feel really good it is a great feeling <laughs> when you get that positive feedback and you know exactly what the work that you did is impacting somebody oh it feels so nice <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. it's extremely rewarding mm-hmm. and um because of that it doesn't feel like work mm-hmm. it just feels like what you do when you just roll out of bed is like effortless for us because we believe so passionately about this and we are seeing how much it is changing people's lives. Marshall, that's beautiful. And I, I feel very much the same way about Texas. The reward is really how it's impacting people. Absolutely. Uh, what is something that you regret or you wish you did differently? I wouldn't say I regret starting out in the industry that I did mm-hmm. because I ultimately believe everything happens for a reason and all the experiences that I've gone through have molded and shaped me into who I am and how I do things right now. But I think the main thing I would do is rather than focus in that one industry, it may have been a good idea for me to diversify, teach myself tech skills mm. along the way, as well as doing the day to day. This isn't something that I caught on to until much later down the line. But, you know, better late than never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, it's, there's almost no point regretting it because you got it anyway. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. So it's. It's all part of that plan, all part of that journey. Mm-hmm. What is something or someone in your tech journey that you're grateful for? I'm absolutely grateful for all of the people that have supported me. I've touched on this earlier on in our yeah. discussion. I have felt so overwhelmed by the level of support that I've received from so many people, from people that have been in my life for so many years that I've reconnected with, that have found me through the work that we're doing, oh. people that are just random strangers that will just send me a message, oh, an awesome thing that you're doing. The level of support has really surprised me because so often you hear about the negativity, you hear so much about people that are not so happy about us bringing this sort of topic before, mm. I mean, I'm sure you've experienced mm-hmm. this. Why should we 
hear, you know, ad- added issues around Muslims or, you know, black people. How about this person and that person? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it can be so easy for us to continue internalizing those negative voices that are so loud. But once these, you know, positive supporters begin to come to the point, you realize, okay, that voice actually is a minority in all of this. It's just they are quite loud. And so you you think that's how everybody feels. But really what I've experienced is overwhelming support. And people understand what we're saying is not let us not give these roles or positions or reduce the opportunities of X over there and give it to Y. But what we are really focusing on is sort of leveling the playing field. Let us all start and have the exact same opportunities as everybody else. And so I feel like that is now landing in all the communities around us. And that is what I'm truly grateful for, the fact that we are changing minds and perceptions. Oh, mashallah, I resonate with that so much. <laughs> I'm sure you do, yeah. right? <laughs> it's crazy. I, I've enjoyed talking to you so much, mashallah. Oh, oh, I'm just so happy that you actually invited me. Oh. And you know what it feels like for me to have another Muslimila and, and having a Muslim space. It's yeah. just these topics, they call it, oh, let's have the difficult why is a topic around my faith a difficult discussion? It's so when who it's- we are. You know? <laughs> it's one of the funniest things when people come on the show is, you know how we're just saying, inshallah, alhamdulillah, mashallah, just part of our normal conversations. And people yeah. will say, this is the first time I've used those words while talking about my work because we're so used to code switching. Absolutely. And it's exhausting. It's so <laughs> exhausting. <laughs> So I might just start dropping it, you know, in everyday conversation. And Why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, so you can you do that project over there? Inshallah, I'll Inshallah, get I'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then they'll they'll catch on, and Inshallah really means yes or no. So maybe that <laughs> another layer to the confusion. That's it. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Is there anything else that you would like to say? Any last words or anything that we didn't really cover? No, I think you've absolutely covered it completely. All I would like to say is I hope you continue doing the great work that you're doing and continue spreading this fantastic and important message. The more of this that we have, the easier it will be for our kids coming up, right? Absolutely. And and, and that's one of my motivating factors to make this easier navigating through life maybe my kids wouldn't have to pose switch as much as I do so if we can continue doing exactly what we're doing it will definitely have an impact after us inshallah inshallah that is one of my motivations their generation is going to be almost completely tech so to make these spaces really open and inclusive now will have a big impact on them inshallah that's what we're all hoping for inshallah Thank you again so much, Zahra here. And I am so excited for everything that Black and Data is doing. Yeah, I really appreciate this. Thank you, Sadiqa. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Sadiqa's story today. 
If you like this episode, please consider leaving a rating or review. That really helps spread the news about Tech Sisters stories and help us reach more people. Consider sharing this episode with any people that you think might benefit your friends or your family. And if you're a Muslim woman in tech, please go ahead and join our community. It's free. It's fun. It's supportive. We have a great Slack channel. That's all for me today. Salam.